0: Welcome, everyone, to the Brandology Podcast. We want this to be something that we ourselves
1: find value in and want to listen to. I'm your host, Mark Mosier. Alongside me is co-host, David Morrow. Each episode, we explore leadership, culture, brands, and interviewed leading business professionals and civic leaders.
0: We also played brand culture trivia against our guests to make the experience entertaining and fun. So come join
1: us and enjoy. And please don't forget to download the episodes and leave us a review. Thanks. Let's begin.
2: Hello, this is Tim Campbell with Action Coach of Indiana with our Business Spotlight Series. The purpose is to interview local business owners and promote them on our social channels and email database, as well as provide them coaching. This is a free service we're providing because when small business economy is strong, the entire economy is strong. Today, I have the pleasure of talking with David and Mark. Welcome, guys. It's great to have you on the program today. Thanks,
0: Good Tim. Thanks for having us. Glad yeah. to be here. Yep. Thanks for having us, Tim. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, let's dig in.
2: Why don't we start with uh, having you both tell us a little bit about yourself. David, we'll start with you.
0: Sure. I am Managing Director um, in this region for All Covered. We manage a team of engineers, operations specialists, and um, business development um, resources uh, that focus on cybersecurity services for small to mid-sized businesses.
1: Fantastic. And Mark? Yeah, I'm Mark Moser with All Covered, and I'm an IT security consultant uh, working with small to medium businesses to really craft an individual security posture for each organization because each one's different from the other. The needs are different. The business drivers are different. uh, So it really is a custom built and custom designed security solution that we put together for our clients.
2: Fantastic. So guys, I know that uh, you've launched a podcast, so tell me a little bit about that. (laughs)
0: <laughs> we have. One of the, uh, one of the things uh, that occurred when COVID hit is our sales actually continued on and, and even got stronger, I think partly because we leverage advances in technology. We've always worked remotely. Uh, we've always been able to sell by Zoom and engage clients and find out what their initiatives are, what their, what their struggles are, and be able to find ways to help them. And uh, that continued on uh, with COVID, but we also found ourselves getting more productive because we didn't have to travel from meeting to meeting. And rather than having two meetings, one in Fort Wayne and one in Louisville in the same day, right, we were able to book six meetings. And so we, we found ourselves with blocks of time. And with that, we figured what is a great way of talking about why we do what we do. And the reason why we do what we do, the reason we get up in the morning, the reason anybody should care is because we both come from relatively humble beginnings and they were um, uh, all founded on small businesses like family brands, brands that um, employed local neighborhoods of people. And that brand became something living and breathing that was bigger than the people that created it. And with that, what we did is we talked about why we want to protect brands. Like, people believe cybersecurity is an IT thing or they think it's technical. And that's not why we do it, right? We do it because we want to protect brands in today's day and age, unlike 2011 and before, when that's really the, the tipping point was 2011 that the data shows so we really are looking for ways to protect small to mid-sized businesses and a lot of it starts a lot of it are things that cost very little a lot of things are things that people just need to pay attention to
2: so you mentioned a small business How, how would you define your ideal customer we call that a target audience
0: our ideal customers probably 50 to 100 computer users and that is irrelevant in terms of the amount of revenue generated. It could be a nonprofit organization, a library, a school, it could be anything. I mean, it yep. really just kind of depends, but our threshold is usually that that 50 user base.
1: Well, and David brings up a good point because I think one of the reasons we were able to, to reach out and, and to help so many people during COVID-19 is because the, the bad actors, the cyber criminals, not only changed their tactics, but they ramped up their activity exponentially because there was so many new opportunities that they could exploit just based around COVID, whether it be stimulus or testing or whatever it was. Uh, and a lot of those targets were that Midwest small to medium businesses, uh, just because it's you know it's a it's a different culture and they can attack that culture and be successful. So we found that there was a lot of things that we could just do some consulting or some training. With a lot of these smaller organizations as david said 50 to 100 is really kind of our wheelhouse Uh, but even for smaller companies we'll do some consulting and just some training sometimes we'll just do free sessions just just so we know that that they now understand the minimum that they have to do so uh we had a lot of activity and a lot of people we could touch but unfortunately some of those that we didn't get to work with uh we saw were exploited by these bad actors And that's when David referenced the brand, the brand protection, why we do this. You know, we're we're brand uh, evangelist, if if you want to label it that, because we saw some of these businesses attacked, and it wasn't the amount of ransomware that they had to pay. It wasn't the Bitcoin. It wasn't the data or financial theft that took place that put them out of business. But six months later into the, you know, the death throes of, of the pandemic, they're not getting any business because people don't want to do business with an organization that they feel or think or perceive can't protect their own data. So that's really what killed the brand was that perception. And that's, that's why when David says brand protection, that's, that's what we're all about. Yep.
0: And so the podcast is Brandology Podcast
1: and it's available
0: everywhere. And what we do there is we talk to people that founded brands, right? And we ask them, why did they create it? What's the benefit to the local community or to the national uh, environment? and um, what's their purpose, what's their cause, what's their mission so that they have a platform to speak on it. And then we also talk about leadership and culture, right? And especially with intergenerational leadership because we have a lot of uh, uh, millennial Gen Z employees at our company and, and, and others do as well. And how do we really nurture them and get them to be able to feel comfortable leading from any position? Right, because leadership has nothing to do with title, and we really talk about the difference between leadership and managers.
2: Yep. Fantastic! So, how long have you guys been in business?
0: IT wise for cybersecurity, ever since the like late 80s, early 90s. Well, yeah, yeah, out. yeah, and then we were acquired by Konica Minolta, and then we leveraged that nationally. So, from there, we did went on a large um, very active MA where we were um, doing a lot of mergers and acquisitions. We were buying good small businesses. So we're a national organization now, but really we're the amalgamation of a lot of small businesses, yep. right? A great cybersecurity firm in Troy, Michigan, right? is something we want to bring those steps, skill set in rather than develop it ourselves, it's easier to acquire them. And we went and we would acquire them and then we would take what's great with them and scale that out nationally to our whole organization. So now we're really, we're everywhere in the U.S. We have a sister company in Canada called IT Weapons. Um, We're, and we still operate like a small business. So it's really- that's the great thing, right? Because we've got a national
1: footprint but we've got local offices in Columbus, and, uh, uh, Indy, yeah. in Louisville, in Lexington, in Evansville, and you know, with a with a real brick and mortar presence. That it's not like you know, we've got a remote worker sitting there, and we say, okay, we've got an Evansville office. No, we've got signage, and we've got a building, and you know, like like a real business. So it's uh, it's it's a little different model, but it, it really it works. So it's and a lot of it too it, with that national presence we get to leverage a lot of relationships with technology leaders like HP, Lenovo and Dell that we do joint uh, R&D projects with. You know, but we can bring that to the market level with our you know, our small brick and mortar sitting there in Evansville. I think we've got, you know, like 1200 square foot in the office, but we can still leverage that that R&D project we're doing with Dell for a local client. So it's really it's a it's a interesting setup that seems to work very effectively.
0: Great example, Tim, if I can if I can give you one, is we just acquired a um, a company called Depth Security in uh, Kansas City, yeah, yeah. right? And they are one of the national leaders in independent testing of brands, right? So so when companies, small mid-sized companies, larger, even larger organizations They go through these vendors each year because they want to make sure that they're secure and they're certified as secure, and yet they get breached, right? And it costs them millions of dollars. And they're like, I don't understand. We were were certified as secure, right? Well, all that really was happening is they were running scans, they were fixing obvious holes, and that was it. So what we did is we found these experts that were just phenomenal. And it's this whole team of offensive cybersecurity experts, and now we roll that out nationally. So what they do is they'll go to a client, any size client, right? Generally 25 users and up, but it really doesn't matter. And they will, and they will engage with us, right? Say, we really wanna know whether we're, we're secure. And we say, don't give us any credentials. Don't give us anything. We're gonna get in without anybody knowing we're going to go laterally, see all of your systems, then we're going to go vertically, go all the way up to the C-suite, all the way up to the main domain. We're going to take snapshots of that, no one will know, and no, nothing will be, re- <laughs> like. there won't be, it's white hat hacking, right? It's no, um, nothing is compromised in any way, but we're just letting you know we were able to get in that, and then we'll show that to you as a proof of concept, and then we'll lay out a plan for you on how to actually fix all. Of wow. And that's all without that's all for clients that have previously been told, you're secure. You're right. So it's that type of thing. That's a powerful way of protecting a brand.
2: Absolutely. Wow. So guys, tell me what's been the greatest impact that COVID has had on your business?
1: Wow, I mean, it One, Obviously, the, the obvious was it, it changed the way we do business, as yeah. David said, but I don't know if it was change for good better or worse um because as he mentioned it allowed for greater bandwidth to to reach out and to actually connect or digitally connect with more companies and more individuals uh so that was one of the changes but it also changed um some of our service offerings right we had to to change with the times and we pivoted very quickly that's one of the great things about our organization um because as people went remote that That was something that the workforce in the U.S. had never seen before, or, you know, even globally. Uh, And there was, again, a lot of inherent vulnerabilities when suddenly you're taking um, people and putting them to work at home. Now, that may be a shared device that maybe, you know, one of their kids use, you know, for gaming in the evening, or it may be on their home network, and they've got, you know, their Comcast router, and that's it. Uh, So we saw huge... (laughs) Uh, exploitable vulnerabilities and a lot of them uh, were taken advantage of very quickly. So we developed service offerings and platforms based around that uh, to eliminate those type of things. So it's not only did we change how we did business, uh, which worked very well uh, for us, but we also changed the type of business that we were able to do. Right, But we still had to protect the company as a whole and where all their servers reside and if they're in the cloud. Uh, And then again, speaking of the cloud, we had a lot of people that started moving stuff to the cloud for accessibility for remote workers and because they didn't have IT on site to to monitor those servers. So maybe they put those in the cloud so that it really changed a lot of things. But I think it it advanced uh, the way people do business as far as technology is leveraged, if that makes sense.
2: So what is one thing that you guys are most proud of that you pivoted in? That's had the, the most impact for your clients?
0: We've been able to train users on how to stay secure through cybersecurity awareness training through Zoom. And we've been able to communicate that to more people via Zoom. And it became culturally acceptable to do it by Zoom. And yes. I use Zoom. Zoom is just a brand, but we mean yeah, video platforms. We do it by Teams, we still WebEx, whatever, Google. Um, well, yeah. Yeah, what, what all of those have been used, but it, that's really, we found in, in a short period of time, we were able to even reach more people. Mark brought up a good point. So many people had to pivot to having remote workers, right, working from home. And organizations were like, well, how are we going to keep them secure? Well, let's give them a VPN, a virtual private network, so that they can just remote in. The problem is, is they're remoting in from home. And so that network before they remote in is not very secure. You don't have enterprise-grade firewalls and things like that. So if hackers can simply get into that network and then remote in with the remote worker to the corporate network. So they're, all, they're going right through the same tunnel through that, that VPN. So we really needed to train the end users when they're working remote, password protection, how to spot phishing emails, all of those things that are statistically what's really causing the data breaches. Wow. And then the Brandology podcast has gotten us to be able to express this message and to let people know this and to talk to the owners and the founders and, and, and really highlight good cultures, right? Because good cultures want to talk about cybersecurity. 'Cause it's not an IT thing. It's not and and good leaders yeah. aren't boring, right? Cybersecurity can seem boring, but it's actually kinda cool. So if you can make it cool and make it engaging and interesting, then people wanna listen, right? So we can't sit there and go, These are the top ten things that you need <laughs> to do. That's boring. I don't wanna not hear it. I don't wanna be told it. it, right? <laughs> You want to engage them. You want to show some video. You want to ask questions. Make it interactive. Make it engaging. Make it stick. And if we can make it stick, then the message gets done and the brand is protected. Because yep. people spend generations and decades search engine optimization, digital platforms, marketing, sales, all of that to build up a brand. And they don't watch their blind spots, right? Their blind spots are cybersecurity.
2: So isn't it interesting that pre-COVID, uh, the two options to meet with people were a phone call or, you know, you get you meet in person at a coffee shop, right? Now, the, the technology to do virtual meetings has existed forever, but for some reason, right, it just wasn't something we did. And now now it's the only thing we do.
0: Yeah, well, and it speeds up connecting, right? Like you, you, like we met, right? But if we were, if the only way we were gonna ever get together was gonna be to find a time to meet up by Noblesville, Indiana, at a coffee shop, I'm looking at my calendar, you're looking at yours. I'm like, well, I'm up by Carmel those days, but maybe they don't match yours. Mark's down in Louisville, he wouldn't be able to join us. We gotta wait. He comes up, like it's, it could be two months away for a 15 minute or 45 minute coffee, right? Yeah. Now we could get on, jump on a day's notice and just connect and then go from there and build a relationship.
2: So guys, here's an interesting question. It's been said that smart people learn from their mistakes and wise people learn from the mistakes of others. So what mistakes have you guys made along the way that you'd be willing to share so that other entrepreneurs can learn from your
0: experience? Can we expand this to a five-hour
1: podcast? <laughs> we, call, we call those learning opportunities, Tim. That those aren't mistakes, they're learning <laughs> opportunities. That because we have a plethora wild. of them. <laughs> no, I, um, I think as one, as far as from a um, connecting with individuals standpoint, on uh, reaching out to people and getting the message out, you've really got to, we've learned to, that we have to think out of the box. And I don't think we did that as much as we should have in the beginning. Uh, or we didn't embrace it as much. We looked at it as maybe a new avenue of which to approach people. Uh, but now it's kind of become standard operating procedure, right? Like early on, we thought, okay, well, maybe maybe we'll do virtual coffees, and it worked, and we got attendees, and we were able to pull people in and get the message out. And then we thought, okay, well, maybe we'll try a video. Well, there shouldn't be a maybe. Either do it or don't. Let's the All Yoda: right. either you do or you don't. Um, and we, we kind of tried and I don't can think you just tried. Quote, you just cite Yoda. Yeah, I think I did just quote Yoda. Um, Hey, I'm an IT guy. I can get away with that. Um, that down. but I think had we really embraced it early on and just gone full force because now we use video messaging and personal videos, almost like we do emails. Uh, right. in some cases I'll use those in place of an email because we're sitting right here on camera, I can hit record. I can give you a personal message. You, you can feel either I have passion for it or I don't, or I, I speak to it correctly or I don't, and then just send it to you. And it's just much more impactful. And I think had we done that, I think that was one of the mistakes. Maybe we didn't embrace it fully enough uh, early on that we could have. Um, so that's, that, that's one of my takeaways. Yeah, I,
0: I would say from an employer standpoint, from a manager standpoint, I mean, there's leaders and there's managers. And I like to think I'm both, right? I've been told I'm both. So we definitely have moments of leadership. And to be a leader, you have to be a good follower, right? So I look to who else is doing what we're doing and what are what are they doing well and what, are the, what have they learned for? Because when I look at it, we don't need to recreate the wheel, right? What I'm doing right now, and all of us, whatever we're doing, there's a hundred plus people that have done it before and that have failed or made mistakes. So just keep looking at what they say didn't work. And I've really learned a lot from that. One of the other things is what metrics do we measure? I really think that we've changed metrics in light of COVID because there's that old school 1990s view of, you've got to be at the office, you've got to be in your cubicle, otherwise you're not working. And it's like, wow, way to be out of touch, right? Really way to be out of touch with reality and with the way it is. But you still have to find a way to manage, motivate, and engage employees, right? And so we have more touch points, right? Um, We find more times during the day or during the week to communicate. And whether it's by phone, instant message, or um, video, right? We're we're just engaging more often, um, less, you know, hour-and-a-half meetings, right, where we're all sitting in a room. We just weren't able to do that, so how do we still engage and how do we keep them motivated? And then, you know, really, what are we measuring? We really have been taking a good long look of that because if we focus solely just on activity, let's talk about sales team, for example, right, there's operations, there's engineering, there's, you know, supply chain, there's all these different things. Let's just talk about sales because it's easy for everybody to understand. We just focus on sales, and we just focus on activity. Like, did you get your? Did you make enough phone calls? Did you send enough emails? Did you book enough appointments? If that's all we really care about, all we're going to do is have a team of actors, Mm -hmm. because they're just going to say yes here, and they're going to put in their CRM. I made this number of calls and this, and we're not really looking at did did you have enough significant conversations? Did you meet enough people? what was the message that you were saying, right? And I think that, I don't know why it happened, but for us, it seems like being able to sit in one place and communicate by video, we were able to actually have those types of conversations more often. And so that I really found was very helpful.
2: That's awesome. So second last question here, guys. Um, I'm. I'll have your contact information to include in this post so people can reach out to you. Is there anything else that I should add or that we should add? Uh, Do you guys have any type of offer going on or how can folks learn more about how you may be able to help them?
1: Mark, do you want to talk about our no cost cybersecurity awareness training? Yeah, so we started doing this actually prior to the the pandemic. We were doing it as a uh, public service initiative. Um, as David had mentioned where we do training and it back then it was all on site. And as we took it to zoom, it just, it, it expanded exponentially, but we conduct a 60 minute. It's just a free session. There's no product push or pitch at the end. It's not a timeshare thing. Not it's shit. real. It's just best practices. And as I mentioned earlier, we just being cybersecurity evangelists and brand evangelists. We just want to know, we did our due diligence to at least inform you of what you should be doing at a minimum. And so we spend 60 minutes, we go through some case studies, we've got some engaging videos, some are funny, some are like, oh my gosh, I need to go change my password now type of videos. (laughs) Um, And it shows how to structure passwords. And really, the driving message behind it is, is why cybersecurity is important to the employee and not IT's responsibility. Like, oh, cybersecurity, well, that's IT takes care of that. Well, don't assume IT is just taking care of that because the employee, we call it the human firewall. Right? They're the biggest point of ingress uh, and for information egress that's, that has to be trained or has to be controlled or has to at least be informed why they are important sitting in their seat to the brand and the protection of their organization. And that's the message we try and have everybody walk away with. Everybody goes, you know what? I get it. It's important for me to have good security hygiene going forward. And we do those at no cost. And we still, I'd like to think at some point, because they're fun and engaging when you do them in a lunch and learn and you're catering some food and, you know, you've got everybody at the table. Uh, But we do them by Zoom and we still, we have pizzas pizzas shipped in for people that are on location. So it still has some of that feel to it, but we... We try to make them engaging and one-on-one. Um, and again, there's there's no cost. There's no pitch or product push at the end. This is just something we've been doing. We used to do them with uh, Department of Homeland Security and uh, FBI agent. Uh, but since everything, travel restrictions change, we don't have that availability with mm-hmm. them right now. But it's the same material that we used to do with them.
0: We, we really focus on why cybersecurity matters and mm-hmm. that it's not an IT thing. Yeah, That's really the whole point of it, right? It, why they should care about it. And, and how everyone, everybody that is getting online needs to be aware of about 12 to 15 things. And we guarantee you, you're not aware of it, right? We're going to show you how and, and, and just to, st- to, to stay aware and be, you know, politely
1: paranoid. Right? Yeah.
2: <laughs> I, I think I might have in a previous life sat through one of those training sessions because I remember the FBI... Uh, person being ah, in there.
0: Okay, good. <laughs> cool. yeah. That's great. Yep.
2: That's fantastic. So, guys, last question here. Uh, what's been most inspiring to you during all of the craziness from the past year?
0: Wow. I found new emerging leaders. I found people, I, I found, I think, actual evidence of one of the core. I'm a huge follower of. Simon Sinek and Start With Why and Infinite Game and, and, and all of the people like that, right? It's not just that one human, but it's all of, the, it's that, 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 that theory and that, um, and, and, and that platform, I believe I found a lot of actual evidence because the ability for people to step up and lead through adaptation was shown. There were some people that when COVID hit they might have been leaders or managers before but they didn't adapt yeah. and other people that i didn't have any clue even who they were or what they were going to do adapted and flourished and the adaptability to me is one of the key factors
1: yeah i think to kind of parrot that david i think personally speaking in like a almost a thirst for knowledge like always always looking always searching what's working who's doing what what new ideas are out there that i haven't thought of what new ideas can i adapt and and make part of my my approach to to business to life uh is that i found a lot of interesting people some true leaders some thought leaders uh some great coaches and it, it was almost that became a part of, of what I do now, you know, in the evening sitting around, you know, you had the TV on a glass of wine, you're looking, okay, who else is out there? What, what else can I learn about how to conduct myself or why I do what I do? Um, that it's, it's kind of grow. It's growing me as a human, uh, going through this, but it's also, it paralleled in my business efforts and professional efforts to, to make me more effective of what I do and reaching more people. Absolutely. Well,
2: Guys, I appreciate your uh, time today. That concludes our interview. For those listening to this, if you've heard something that has uh, uh, sparked your interest, you'd like to take advantage of the opportunity to, to get that free consultation, learn about uh, how you can protect yourself better, please uh, reach out to, to David and Mark. I'll include that contact information and links uh, in this post. Also, if you've heard anything throughout uh, this conversation that maybe you're struggling with, um, Please reach out to me. we we'll would be happy to jump on a, a free call as well and just talk through, you know, whatever you're whatever you're wrestling with. And, you know, if you if you're struggling with pivoting and, and trying to figure out this new world, let's 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 get together and, and talk through that. Uh, David and Mark, it's been an absolute pleasure learning about uh, yourself and your business, and I wish you guys tremendous success.
0: Great, right, thank you. Thanks for having a Tim. Great platform. Thanks so much. Yep. For your time. Thank you so much. We appreciate
2: it. Very welcome. Have a
0: wonderful day, guys. You too. Thanks, bud. Thanks. Shout out to Mark and David for season two of Brandology. It's entertaining, funny, and full of cool stories. Play hilarious brand trivia and talk with famous guests like founders of iconic brands and industry leaders. Brandology is available everywhere now. So go check it out and see for yourself. Coming soon. Hey everyone, Mark and I are really grateful you guys listen and download. We're trying to make this season even better with brand stories and cool interviews with uh, business leaders, entrepreneurs, and things from behind the scenes that we just can't find anywhere else. We're trying to make this something we ourselves enjoy listening to. Do us a favor, please leave us a review when you go into Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, PodChaser. Just shoot us a review. That really matters, and it helps us keep this going. Again, thanks for listening.
1: Hey, David, that was another great episode. We tend to post one or two a week. Uh, unfortunately, don't really have a way of wrapping this up.
0: No, uh, no, we really don't have anything formal or fancy or technological. Um, thank you for listening. Please follow and subscribe. Turn notifications on so that when we post the next episode, you will be notified of the new content. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We really appreciate it.
1: Everyone, thanks for listening.